When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And on behalf of the entire staff, the entire assembled members of the hashtag crew, I apologize. We should be better than where we just were. I mean, the whole idea is somehow we want, in what started as a reasonable conversation, we somehow managed to find ourselves in a place where we were discussing just how awful it would be to accidentally sex your own mother. And at that point, I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't, at that, you know, that's at a point where you really start thinking about retirement. Like maybe Greeny has finally run his course. I mean, he just can't go, can't do it anymore. I mean, I, I, one way or another, we got to get off of that. So I apologize for that one way or the other. In the meantime, I have a, a bunch of stuff that I have been saving <laughs> that somehow we managed to not get to because of the sexting conversation. And it starts with the odds for next season. So, Nuno, you're a crazy gambler, right? So, right now, in your view, who should be the favorite to win next year's Super Bowl? I would think the Bills should be up there. Okay. The Bills are second. They are the second favorite. Bubba, because I know you never look at the Google Doc, you don't already know the answer to this question, who do you believe is the one team that has shorter odds right now than the Bills to win next year's Super Bowl? I would probably guess the Chiefs. It is the Chiefs. That is correct. Caesars has the Chiefs at thirteen to two, followed by the Bills at seven to one. Chiefs and Bills are the only teams with odds in the single digits. The Rams, who knocked off the Bengals in the Super Bowl, are ten to one. The Bengals are twelve to one, followed by the Niners at fourteen to one. So let's recap that. These would be the top five favorites for next year's. Super Bowl champion, as uh, as voted on, not voted on, as de- as determined by Caesars, it goes Kansas City, then Buffalo, then the Rams, then the Bengals, and then the 49ers. So is anyone glaringly missing? Like, is there a team that you think, Hembo, like the Bengals, and hopefully history will not prove them to have been a fluke, like a one-year wonder, but this is a team that was at four wins last year, of all the the rest of the teams in the AFC, are they the next likeliest, in your opinion, to win this after Kansas City and Buffalo? I think so. What's much more interesting to me about that set of odds is is the NFC, though, because further on down that list, Tampa Bay, we have as uh, Caesars has as eighteen to one, which tells me there's at least a small percent chance that Tom Brady is coming back. Because if Kyle Trask was their quarterback, that number would be much higher. Right. And the other is Green Bay. Green Bay is 15-1 to 1 right, after, right after Cincinnati and San Francisco. If Aaron Rodgers were certain to come back, that number would be a lot closer to the top two. So the hedge there, I think, is very interesting to me. So we'll see where that winds up going. Those are considered to be the favorites. All right now, let's go to the very bottom end of the spectrum. One of the first bets that Caesars Sportsbook took on its odds to win next year's Super Bowl was the Jets. It was a $5,000 <laughs> bet. Bubba, how much do you think right now, if you went to Caesars and you bet $5,000 on the Jets to win the Super Bowl next year, how much do you think that ticket would pay when they do? 
$5,000 bet. Jets to win the Super Bowl. They do it next year. We're carrying Zach Wilson off the field and carrying me into a state of oblivion. How much does that $5,000 bet pay? Mm, 35 to 1. The answer is... It pays a million dollars. The Jets are 200 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl, the longest odds in the league. And if this guy wow. who bet, if you bet $5,000 on the Jets to win the Super Bowl, and they do, you would win a million dollars. Now, I'll tell you a very quick story about that, and then I want to get to the other stuff we had set aside. The year my dad died, so I get my love of the Jets, my fandom from my father. So the year my dad died, my dad, my dad dies in, in January um, of uh, 2016. And the Jets were decent then. Like the, that was, I want to say that was the year after they had, they had a chance to go to the playoffs late with Fitzpatrick and didn't, they were not terrible. And we wound up in April of that year, we were in Vegas when Mike and I went into the, the NAB Hall of Fame. So Stace and I are there and I walk through a sports book and I thought to myself, you know, if my da- wherever my dad is, if he can do anything about this, the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl this year. So I just walked up and I bet, I, I hate to even tell you how much, I bet a lot of, not, not, I, I bet $1,000 the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. I, I said, my dad, we're going to do this. I don't remember what the odds were. That was the 2016 spring. What was the Jets record in 2016? Five and 11. So this stuff does not work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just in case you should be thinking to yourself, you know, well, wherever my dear beloved dad, my grandma, whoever it is that lived and died with this team all the time, uh, they're up in heaven right now. Oh, this is the year. It doesn't work. Didn't work. I tried it. <laughs> I tried it. I bet a thousand bucks on the Jets to win the Super Bowl because my father, I might as well have set fire to that money. I literally might as well have set fire <laughs> to that ticket. For all the chances the Jets had to win the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, here we go. We continue along. Hey, did you know that according to research, I'm about to tell you what I think is the worst job in sports. And so it is appropriate that I tell you that according to research, 90% of employers plan to enhance their employee experience this year. And if you need to add more employees, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. They'll find you a great job. The Scoop. I think we can now say that the worst job you could have in sports is to be a minor league baseball player. You told me something as we were walking out of the building yesterday, Hembo, that just blew my mind. So there was this story that said that major league baseball players, because of this lockout, are not being tested for steroids. I'm sure almost anyone listening has heard that. So the baseball players right now, they're not being tested. So if they want to use steroids, whatever the case may be, they can, and there is no risk of them being caught. You told me something yesterday I did not know as we were walking out the door. Yes, that, um, not rule, but that, that does not apply to minor league baseball players. So right now, major league baseball, uh, baseball players, like you said, aren't being tested for steroids. Minor league players are. In fact, there were four minor leaguers suspended last week, and then in this calendar year, 14 minor league baseball players have been suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. But hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. Suspended from what? <laughs> They're not playing, right? Their minor leagues aren't going on any more than the major leagues are going on, right? That's right. And it gets worse, because not only are they subjected to drug testing... 
They're also not getting paid. Right now, minor leaguers, uh, leaguers are sort of embroiled in this legal battle over spring training compensation. There's a Major League Baseball lawyer that argues that the players should not be given monetary compensation because the training they receive is their payment, <laughs> which, which baseball values at $2,000 per week. So not only are you subjected to drug testing, but you also aren't allowed to get paid for spring training if and when we get there. So to make it clear, Bubba, right now the minor league players are being drug tested <laughs> even though there are no games, there is, they have nowhere to go to work, they're not being paid, and did I read that Major League Baseball's latest proposal would eliminate 900 minor league jobs? That's correct. So that was yesterday. Jeff Passan reported that what Rob Manfred is, is part of this latest you know, round of proposal, wants to take the number of minor leaguers per franchise from 180 <laughs> to 150. So you're getting drug tested. You're not going to get paid for spring training. And there are going to be 900 fewer of you if Major League Baseball gets its way. Bubba. I want to make sure everyone is clear on what we're talking about. They're going to cut 900 minor league baseball players. They're going to cut 900 jobs from that workforce. They are drug testing the ones they're keeping on, even though there are no games and they're not being paid. Can you imagine if someone says to you, you're working for me now. The only evidence of that is me saying it because you're not getting paid and I don't have anything for you to do, but... You're going to have to submit to drug testing anyway. <laughs> what can Bubba, what? What do you think of this? I mean, the only thing I can say is that's baseball for you. <laughs> right? No, no. I mean, how, you can't make this stuff up. They're eliminating jobs which don't currently exist because they're not getting paid and there are no games, but they are drug testing them. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. I mean, let's be real. If more people cared about baseball like if this was happening in any other sport like all we would be doing is is talking about this left and right and baseball <laughs> just doesn't doesn't realize that they're in such a bad spot like we came off some great NFL playoffs and we're talking about this based upon the fact that baseball is a drug testing guys that aren't working. That's like <laughs> that's like me walking outside and seeing some random guy and be like, hey, man, I need you to like, yeah. you know. Submit uh, to a drug test. Yes. I need you to pee in this cup. Uh, yes. Why? It's for work. It's for work. You know, just to see if, you, you know, you're worth uh, employing later. Because I have the authority over you to make you do it. But there's really no other obvious reason. There's no other reason if you ask the reason why you should have to be. What did Major League Baseball expect during these contentious negotiations and they came with a proposal to the table yesterday and saying, we want to pay 900 less of you? Like, yeah. what, what Do uh, they expect that then to receive that well? You want to hear a sad story? Bizarre. Or a sad piece of news? Mm. Today is the day pitchers and catchers would have reported. Mm. So for those of you who love baseball, today is the beginning. Like of the things that you miss, that, that first time you hear the crack of the bat, you know what it's like. You got Sports Center on, and and you know they're going to do a little. Oh, the pitchers and catchers report today, and you're going to hear that, that 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 first crack of the bat, and you think to yourself, okay, spring's around the corner, baseball's coming, all will be well. Not this year, it won't. All will not be well. And uh, as a reminder, two months from today, the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson bl- uh, breaking the color barrier. Oh boy, we're, we're we are living in a world in which baseball might not be played. On April 15th. Look, I mean, this is as bad as it gets. But again, I, I, I would position this in the, the following way. That's the worst job I can think of. We have no work for you to do, and we're not paying you to not do it. But you must submit to drug testing anyway. <laughs> and 14 people failed it. 
Yeah. That is just unbelievable. Well, all right, April 15th. I mean, let's hope they're playing by June 15th. Yeah, I mean, that, that, unfortunately, is the reality. Coming up, uh, I will share with you something I saw on Twitter yesterday that stopped me dead in my tracks. It's about the Super Bowl. And, oh, by the way, it happens to be absolutely true. I just can't believe he said it. You'll hear it next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. All right, and it's ironic that that is our friend Herman Edwards, of course, who famously said that, because one of Herman's closest friends in this world is Tony Dungy. And Tony is someone you don't need me to tell you who he is. He's, I think he's one of the most, you tell me, am I overstating it, one of the most respected voices in football, like oh, for sure. When he speaks, you listen, one hundred percent, right? And he's he's a friend of mine as well, as he is so many people in the in the sport. And he tweeted something that um, it stopped me in my tracks because I think it's worth making the point that it's one thing for someone else to say this; it's another thing for Tony Dungy to say this about the officiating in the Super Bowl. He tweeted, "The officials were determined." to ignore every violation when the ball was in play and only call false starts, delay of game, and taunting. They maintained that posture for 58 minutes and 39 seconds. Then they started officiating. That was bad. That's, that's the tweet. That, that, that is the entirety of what Tony said. And Bubba, I, I would just like to get your immediate reaction to that because I, I brought it up yesterday I was frustrated with some of the way that game was officiated late. I thought it worked against Cincinnati. Now, I did make the point that if you're a Bengal fan, I don't think you can blame the officiating for losing the Super Bowl because the worst missed call of the day by far went overwhelmingly in your favor on the first play of the second half, and it turned into a 75-yard touchdown that almost won you the game. 
So when you get the brutally bad call in your favor, you can't really then complain too much when the officiating at the end goes against you. But, I mean, each call exists in a vacuum. Each moment exists in a vacuum. And that third down pass interference was just, it called it holding, was just a terrible call. A terrible call. And it does go a long way towards deciding the game. I mean, as Graziano pointed out in our meeting this morning, the Rams scored a touchdown on ninth down. Ninth, they had nine plays down there. And so, of course, they scored. And that's why the whole thing felt a tad anticlimactic. And it just didn't, it just didn't feel right. That's why I don't believe it goes down with the greatest drives of all time. The John Taylor touchdown that also beat the, broke the Bengals' hearts. And that one in the final minute um, in whatever Super Bowl that was at the end of the 88 season, that, that, that one, like Montana drives him right down the field. There weren't like three penalties that sort of, you know, changed the dynamic of everything. So, Bubba, when that comes from Tony Dungy, does it carry more weight for you? Yeah, I think, yeah, if Tony Dungy's saying it, who someone is always very reasoned and essentially laid back and not very very critical of those type of things, if, if he's saying that, I think it definitely carries more weight. And I, I think, I, honestly, I was a little taken aback and surprised. If you were to read that tweet and not say who it was from, I'd, I'd probably be still guessing it was Tony Dungy. I would never would have guessed that was Tony Dungy. If I so, told you it was a former coach who's on television, yeah, exactly. you I would, wouldn't have gotten I'd a still Tony be guess, I would still be guessing. So, no, I, th- I think it's very surprising it was him but I think it's a fair tweet I I think it, it's it's you know we we've been having this conversation for all of sports talk radio and before that the refs it's always a conversation it's crazy that in in 2022 we're still having this conversation and I don't know what the solution is but you you got to think there's we can do something about it uh, but yeah it, it was very surprising that that was from Tony Dungeon I do think it carries a lot of weight well one of the solutions and I've been uh, espousing this forever is replay. Replay gets a very bad rap. Replay is not always correctly utilized, but it is, on balance, I remain convinced, a good idea. But here's the problem. That play would not be overturned on replay. Like, if, 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 you, if you could... It's not a challengeable call. But if you could challenge that call, they wouldn't overturn it. If you could challenge the one that went in the Bengals' favor... Mm. They would, right? If you could look back on that and say, hey, in retrospect, there should have been a face mask called on this play on the offense. You could, if you could challenge that, the Bengals touchdown would have come off the board. So the answer to this problem is not instant replay because replay not only wouldn't have solved your problem if you're Cincinnati, it would have actually made it worse. That's right. The, the, the answer to this problem is just call the game consistently because for the first 58 minutes of the game, there were a total of four penalties. In the final two minutes of the game, there were a total of four penalties, and it, soured the, it did sour the ending. There's no question about it. The best part of that game was that it had such great rhythm and flow, and it was not interrupted by the referees. All we ask is that you call the game consistently for 60 minutes, and the fact that they... I mean, that's a holding call that you see on every play. It was a terribly underthrown pass. It was a ridiculous call. And yes, the, 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 you know, the one you know, Higgins on Ramsey was something he got away with, but if you're not going to call stuff, just don't call stuff, and right. most fans are fine with that. I, I think that's right. And if there were only four calls leading up to that last drive, is what you're telling me. One of them is is the guy who runs into the end zone with his slides on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so like no one could dispute that one. Like you have to make that call. What just happened? Well, this idiot just ran off the sideline and he's dancing around in the end zone, even <laughs> though he's not eligible to play and is wearing slides, shorts, and trying to keep his phone from falling out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a flag. I don't even remember the other three. The, the game was so clean. It was such a delight to watch. There was a delay of game by the Rams in the first quarter. That was the only um, flag delay of the game first is quarter. another one, by the way, 
We live in a world, and pro football, like, they measure everything to the millimeter, right? Like, they're going to go back and look. Did he step out of bounds? We can challenge the spot, all of that. And then when it comes to the delay of game, they're like, eh, close enough. Like, did we get that off? Eh. Well, the ref's got to see it. Got to see the ball snap. Got to look up at zero. Got to look down at eh. It's close enough. Like, in football, the answer is never, eh, it's close enough. Except on that call. Right? Like, doesn't it seem like there should be more consistency in whether some, some, there was a delay of game or not? Is there any obvious reason why there could not be a buzzer? Like, in the NBA, we have lots of buzzers, and they seem to work pretty well. That would probably work when the clock hits zero, because zero means there's no time left. Right. Let's try it. It also, it also could easily be reviewable. Like, at the end of the day, if the, the, the clock's, if it got to zero, we can all see it. Mm-hmm. All of us watching it on television can see it. There should be someone watching it, and the, the play should just be blown dead. They blow it dead on a false start. They could blow it dead on delay, which they do, right? If there's delay of game and the ball is snapped, they blow it dead. They don't run the play mm-hmm. out. That's well, right. you could do that, but that word could come from somewhere else. It could just come down to the, the headset of the referee. They didn't get that off in time. He starts blowing whistles, and we call it and, off. And that's what stinks about the current replay yeah. format because it takes so long, and the ref goes into this booth. And he's looking like he's taking his driver's test. Like <laughs> it, It's the most inefficient way to do it. The way that soccer does it and the way that tennis does it is much better than the way that football does it. Help me with the way soccer does it, Nuno. How, how, soccer has the uh, – what do they call it? The, ge- it's, the, the, it's the, va- for the VAT, right? The like, VAR, VAR. VAR, V-A-R. <laughs> VAT is the tax that you pay when you come back from Europe on your, on your items. <laughs> what? what what is the way it is, it's play continues. There's another referee sitting there, um, and then he'll buzz down to the ref to say, hey, uh, hold up. There's something that you, possibly you need to look at, or they make the decision and tell you, no, that was a penalty, that was a goal, that type of thing. I like that. But, mm-hmm. like, you're talking about the put. We still have 60 year old guys walking out there with chains to measure a first down. Like, get that fixed first. I know. The, the boy, chains like, the are dentists hilarious. and lawyers in the offseason. They like, extend this chain link. Uh, whatever that is, uh, just a, a bunch of chains and like, I got, but I put it on here and then does it, does it extend out quite enough? All right. So there are, for a sport that is unimaginably specific, there are a few places <laughs> that we're just kind of willing to say, eh, close enough. And, and as a general rule, I'm not a fan of eh, close enough. All right, I'm Greeny. I'm coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Uh, coming up, I will tell you that the best player in the NBA right now is not who you think it is. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The list is what determines who matters in this business. All right, so as I hope you know, uh, in addition to hosting this show and hosting Get Up in the mornings, I also host NBA Countdown now on ESPN and ABC, and I'm really enjoying it. And as we work our way past the Super Bowl, we'll start working some more NBA 
conversation into this show. And we have on our TV show on NBA Countdown a terrific researcher named Matt Williams. He's sort of the himbo of our NBA show. And every morning I awaken to this unbelievable collection of notes, like just fascinating stuff that's going on in the NBA, and I never really have much to do with it. (laughs) So I'm going to try as regularly as we can to do a green list on this show. The top five notes from the NBA you just should know right now because this stuff is fascinating. Here we go. Number five. Josh Giddy. Went for 28 points, 11 boards, and 12 assists in his Madison Square Garden debut, leading the Thunder to a win over the Knicks in overtime. In so doing, he became the youngest player. He's 19. The youngest player in NBA history with a triple-double in consecutive games and the youngest player with a triple-double at the Garden. And this is of particular interest, first of all, obviously for him, but also because number four, the Knicks right now may legitimately be the worst team in the NBA. It has gone from they're disappointing, they're not as good as we thought they'd be, to they are really maybe the worst team in the sport, and I don't know how they got there. Saturday night was bad enough, a fourth quarter melt. You should have seen Stephen A. after they lost that game. We're in here to do our game. They're beating Portland by 20-something points. I turned it off. I'm not even watching it. I figure it's over. Stephen A. comes out of his office furious. I said, what the hell is going on? And I was like, did they cancel our show? Like, why are you so mad? He's like, did you see the Nick game? I said, no, they lost. So what the hell are you talking about? They lost that game. Last night might have been worse. They couldn't shake the terrible thunder at home at all. Tom Thibodeau wastes a timeout with 39 seconds left in regulation because he wanted to challenge a call, but he didn't have a challenge left. And after the game, he said, quote, I lost my train of thought. That was my fault. I screwed that up. Nuno, you are my VP of Knickerbocker fandom. Is it possible the Knicks who are 3-12 and 12 in their last 15 games, is it possible that right now they're the worst team in the NBA? Um, it's not far-fetched, and they definitely are. They give you no hope. They give you nothing to look forward to, especially with R.J. Hurt, who, by the way, got hurt during playing meaningless minutes. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, and I, we're at the point of, when is it over for uh, uh, for Tom Thibodeau? Well, it's going to get way worse before it gets better because our analytics tell us the Knicks are now opening a stretch, or they will post-All-Star break, that is gauged to be the second-hardest nine-game stretch any team will have in the NBA this season. I'm not going to run down for you who all the games are against, but they're going to get obliterated in all of them. So the Knicks, who are 3-12 and in their last 15 games in that stretch only the Rockets and the Pistons have a worse record it's going to get much much worse before it begins to get better number three the Clippers beat Golden State yesterday and Golden State's defense continues to struggle the Clippers shot 56 percent from the floor and I'm very proud now of my choice of Draymond Green as an all-star starter I voted for him as an all-star starter and he got beaten out by Andrew Wiggins his teammate for that spot but I would point out that when Draymond Green plays, the Warriors this year are 28-6. and six. When he does it, they're 14-10. and 10. When he plays, they average 100 points a game allowed. When he doesn't, they average 108 points per game allowed. So Draymond Green's an incredibly important piece of that Golden State puzzle, and I, again, am proud that I voted him a starter. Number two. The Nets finally won. <laughs> they had lost 11 straight games. They beat the Kings. Seth Curry and Andre Drummond making their team debuts and both looked pretty good. 
the Nets had their biggest home win since Halloween. It should be pointed out those guys have started to play, but James Harden has not. James Harden has not yet started to play in Philadelphia. He needs a little more time to get over the injury to his pride that he received on the night of the All-Star selection. By pride, do you mean hamstring? No, I mean his pride. There's nothing wrong with James Harden's hamstring. <laughs> that When LeBron and, and KD and they let him and made him go last and everybody laughed, LeBron's like holding up that clipboard in his front of his face to keep from laughing at him and Charles Barkley's laughing. At, Ernie is laughing at him for crying out loud. Harden is like, I'm not going to play in the All-Star game, and he can't play these games and then not play the All-Star game. So he's missing more games for his new team, the Sixers. It is unimaginable to watch. But I saved the best for last. Number one. The best player in the NBA right now is DeMar DeRozan. Are you paying attention to what he's doing? He scored 40 against the Spurs last night. The Bulls won again. DeRozan has six straight games in which he has scored at least 35 points and shot at least 50% from the floor. That is tied for the longest streak in NBA history with Wilt Chamberlain. The entire history of players who've ever done that is Wilt Chamberlain and DeMar DeRozan. And that's it. His six straight 35-point games, third longest streak in Bulls history, longest since Michael Jordan. So let's talk about the company that DeMar DeRozan's play is keeping right now. It is comparable to Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan. And for all the injuries, the Bulls have been snake bit this year. Now, the Caruso thing that just happened and Lonzo and that, you know, the whole thing going on now with Zach Levine, which is a big concern. DeMar DeRozan is playing great and that team continues to win. And so... That's my little green list of five things about the NBA you should know, and I'll continue to, uh, to do those here regularly because I think it's, it's, good. it's good to sort of work our way over towards that. Hey, did you know that Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs? That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. The Scoop. Hey, we got a scoop for you. Uh, Nuno and Bubba, turn on your, uh, your uh, mics here. I'm going to ask you this question because Hembo asked it to me in the office this morning. So Pro Football Focus, what did they name? They uh, put, out, uh, put out a list this, uh, this week of their top 101 players of the NFL season. It's called the PFF 101, and it doesn't take into account anything that has ever happened previously, but they have ranked from 1 to 101 the top players of the 2021 NFL season, including the playoffs. Okay, so there are 32 NFL teams. They ranked the 101 best players. If everything was equal, and we know it's not, then basically every team would have three players on this list. Obviously, that's not the way this works. But just so you have that in mind, if, if, if every team had the same number of good players, each team would have three. So we chose the Jets, which is my team, the Giants, which is Nuno's team, and the Bears, which is my adopted second team and my wife's team. Those three teams combined, Nuno, how many of the 101 PFF players do you think they had? The Jets plus the Giants plus the Bears. How many do you think they had on the top 101 players? Uh, One. Okay, stand by, stand by. That's your guess. Bubba, how many do you think the Jets plus the Giants plus the Bears had? Jets, Giants, and Bears. I mean, those are some pretty bad teams. I'm going to go with zero. Okay. The answer is actually one. 
Nuno got it right. Oh, Those wow. three teams combined have won. Now, he, he told me that. I said, don't tell me who the player is, so we, I can try and guess along with that on the air. But, Nuno, you said it so definitively – did you already know this? No, I. Yeah, you probably no, cheated. actually, I didn't. Um, even <laughs> okay. though I do really. But Google you must that. have thought of someone immediately. You know, but it's a sneaky person who I'm thinking of because he actually had a good year, and it might be Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle. The, yes, the, what, the, I am. T- yeah, he had a sneaky. The hog good, Molly. He had a sneaky good is year. That for correct the, for the Giants. Andrew Thomas is correct. Wow! <laughs> Gentlemen's hog Molly. That is a very impressive pull from the Noonator. The Noonator, what, what can we call, what's a nickname? Your name is a nickname. Your, your name sounds like something someone calls a person as a nickname. What can I call you? Te- your last name is Teixeira. Tex? Doesn't fit. He's what? not a Tex. We need a nickname for we him need a now? Nick- yeah, I need a nickname for Nuno. Well, I wanted to give him props. But I was like, hey, the Nooninator, the new, the new, the new, the new man, the new style. I don't know what the hell to call you. Whatever it is, that's an incredibly. My, my street credit is I wouldn't have right thought now. of him for, you gave me an hour I wouldn't have gotten there. I was going through the Bears lineup in my head like there was no tomorrow because I know it couldn't have been a Jet. The closest thing to the Jets after that would be Berrios as a returner, but he's not going to be one of the top 101 players in the sport. Um, and I couldn't think of a giant. That, that, that is a remarkable pull by you. Now, having said that, how depressing is it, Nuno, on a scale of 1 to 10, that the Jets, the Giants, and the Bears combined have won of the top 101? Again, in, in an equal world, they would have nine. Instead, they have one. They have 11% amongst the three of them of the number of players you should have. In fact, the Jets and the Bears have 0% mm-hmm. because they have none. How depressing is that, Nuno? Well, I it's really depressing because you start thinking about what the Rams did this year and what the Bengals did this year, and you, there's some hope, right, thinking, can your team elevate there, right? If you can make some good moves, can you elevate to that point of being in contention? And thinking about that, that means our teams have no shot of getting to, that, to this point of just competing for a playoff spot. Um, Nuno, do you have the entire list in front of you? I do. Okay, so who are the players on the Bengals on that list? Uh, you would have to go through that and look at 101 names, right? Mm-hmm. It's not broken down by team. Um, it's re- reasonably easy, though. So we have Joe Burrow, obviously. We have Jamar Chase. We have, let's see here, T. Higgins is a top 100 player. And Joe I have Mixon. to believe Hendrickson. Uh, he did not make the top 100, but DJ Reader and Joe Mixon both did. So that they, they gives them five players. Okay, five. So that, that's, that, again, is a disproportionate number. Mm-hmm. See, that's the point, is that they had the building blocks. Go over those names. Not one of them was acquired last no. offseason, right? They that's were right. there. The pieces were there. Now, obviously, Burrow got hurt the year before and, uh, and didn't finish the season. But all the pieces were in place. The building blocks were in place. The Rams, I mean, I got to believe they got right. Cooper Cup, was he number one? Who was number one? Trent Williams of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, the line, the, the people, like the Jeff Saturdays of the world will always tell you he's the best player in the sport. Don, Aaron Donald was two. Cooper Cup was three. Von Miller was actually 24. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was 29. I mean, the, the roster is loaded. Stafford was 43. Hall of Famer Matthew Stafford was 43. <laughs> the tackle, Rob Havenstein, was 53. Obviously, this, this roster is loaded. Yeah. I, I feel a, a little guys. bad for Stafford, by the way. You know, and Orlovsky is his boy. Let's make it clear. Like, they are dear good friends. And, and, and Dan was his backup in Detroit for years. That They were together a bunch of years. Their families are close. Their wives are close. They play a bunch of golf together. So he, he, he loves Stafford. And I think 
he wanted to do a very nice thing, which is, you know, he flew back on the red eye from L.A. to be on Get Up so that he could, like, you know, show his, his good friend all this love on TV in the morning. And I don't think he had any intention of doing what he did. But by going directly to that win puts him in the Hall of Fame, he now forces everyone to react to that. So th- that game ended, what, 10 o'clock our time on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. 8.03 in the morning, Dan is making that point on Get Up. <laughs> so Stafford doesn't even get 10 hours or thereabouts to celebrate finally winning the Super Bowl before the world is now debating whether or not he belongs in the Hall of Fame, which, candidly, the overwhelming majority of the world does not think. And so now you find yourself, as, as if you're me, in the terrible position. I like Matthew Stafford. I don't know him hardly at all. He's been on a variety of shows I've hosted, but he's not someone I know personally. But I like him as opposed to not liking him, and I was very happy for him. And I find myself, like, the day after he wins the Super Bowl diminishing the greatness of his career because this topic has come up. I feel terrible about it, but is there an option here? You can't just let that go, right? No, I don't think so. If, if Matthew Stafford's biggest supporter, the loudest voice in the media, is saying he's a Hall of Famer, we should react to it. And I think you can have a nuanced conversation even without diminishing his career up to this point because Matthew Stafford's still a reasonably young player by quarterback standards. He's, you said he just turned 34, he's 34, right? 34, yeah. 34 years old. He's, had, he's been on one team in which he's even had a chance to win a championship, and he did so. So, I mean, you could argue now he's on a Hall of Fame track. You could argue that he is a Hall of Fame talent. But he has absolutely not had a Hall of Fame career up until this point, even when you include all of what he did over the last month. Right. But I, but I, I kind of like looking at it that way better. He's got a chance, right? He could wind up in the Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, yeah. So I like that because I don't, I don't, you know, you don't want to be raining. I'm the one who always says we need more time in life to smell the roses. And he, he should be smelling roses for a good month, month and a half. This is a good argument against you always saying we should put active players in the Hall of Fame. What would we do? Like, put Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame now with the no, emotion. No, we wouldn't of, put him in the Hall of Fame. Some of us would. But he would, who's some of us? Dan Orlovsky. But he doesn't have a vote. <laughs> the people who vote would not. Aaron Rodgers would be in the Hall of Fame. There would definitely be Tom voters. Brady would be in the Hall of Fame. Voters would, would, would vote emotionally, for sure, if you allowed active players in the Hall of Fame. No, and that's that would insane. ruin things. That's insane. The, 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 you, you could easily make the same rational, lucid decisions that you make with active players. There's no, there's literally no reason you couldn't do that. See, you've taken, the, you've conflated this. You know who would never do that? The Noonanister. <laughs> the Newman, the Numinator. Whatever it is, we got to come up with a nickname for Nuno. This has been a lot of fun today. Thank you. I apologize for the sexting part of the show. <laughs> and we will see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.